Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? Well, I had a great week with my practices and your suggestions about coming up with three words that describe my relationship with my body was incredibly helpful. You know, I never really thought about it. Isn't that interesting too, Anna? Uh, and the reason I brought it up was because we really are learning to shift our relationship to our bodies. However, we have to get that bird's eye view of what's going on currently before I can make choices to make any shifts at all. So you came up with three words. Good for you. Good yeah, for I you. sure did. And it was I was really surprised on what those three words were. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because sometimes, you know, the, the spontaneous thought process leads us to sometimes some negative frames or some doubtful frames. Or sometimes we have this sense that our body has betrayed us or hasn't, um, hasn't really configured in a way that we thought that, that it should. So it leaves us feeling disconnected. Yes, I, I really, really thought this was a very helpful, um, very helpful to my practices. I was really shocked by it, to be quite honest with you, that I had never really thought about it. So, and I know we're accumulating practices that help us learn to focus intentionally upon options other than our autopilot thoughts. We began this process with a quieting practice, the relaxation response, which personally gave me a great method of settling down. You know, Anna, I, I really like the, the relaxation response. You know, it's a lovely piece for just that purpose of quieting down. You know, and so often when I've taught the mindfulness classes and meditation classes, people comment at the beginning about their initial restlessness, you know, and this can sometimes be a barrier to people continuing the experience. And, and quite truthfully, when I was first learning relaxation techniques and training in biofeedback, this was years ago, I wasn't able to move into the experience myself. You know, I was so, I was so tense. And I remember in one training I was, was taking, um, a woman by the name of Elise Green, she and her husband, Elmer Green, were the early pioneers in biofeedback. And I was taking this workshop at the Menninger Institute in Topeka, Kansas. And I remember, even though it was 40 plus years ago, her saying something about in the relaxation experience, it would require us to move into what she called passive volition. And I remember thinking, oh, that sounds so lovely. It's almost poetic. And then my next thought was, what the heck is that? So <laughs> she, when she elaborated, she said, you have to let go to get it. You have to let go to get it. And the relaxation response gives us a word on the exhale, which helps us let go so that we can get it. So we're letting go of the autopilot thoughts that frequently are the barriers to ourselves. Yeah. Wow. You have to let go to get it. Yeah. Well, this technique is certainly easy and straightforward and a perfect building block. We then went on to build with the welcoming breath technique and then the body mind practice. Yes. You know, we're stepping away from the autopilot thought stream and we need another vantage point, another position, you know, to focus on at will. So the breath offers the perfect landing point. I mean, it's a moving target and it's always in the present moment. So it's really that perfect place to land. And then we added the body-mind practice 
because we want to add the physical contact, you know, to, to really broaden our experience. So we're feeling into the sensations of that physical contact, contact of clothing, the furniture, we're introducing sensory awareness. And this is what and how we'll be able to take in awareness of our surroundings. So we're, we're really tuning into the awareness. Again, always looking for the immediate experience, because as with the breath, it's what's in the moment. It's what's happening now that's most important. So I learned to concentrate on one thing at a time. First, my breath. Next, the bottoms of my feet or how my body feels against a chair. And then, Dr. Jane, here comes my thoughts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> criticisms, comments, scenarios from yesterday or sometimes even a year ago. It's crazy. And then I say to myself, okay, you're in your thoughts again, Anna. Now, doesn't this sound like you, Dr. Jane? <laughs> and then, and then I, yeah. And then I turn toward my in-breath and out-breath again. Yes. You know, and Anna, you've got it. You know, and we turn toward our breath again and again and again, a million times a day, because it's our initial point of focus. And we're really learning to intentionally concentrate on one thing at a time. And in this process, we're learning that our thoughts keep rolling along and, and have no particular meaning or purpose, unless, of course, we, we choose to attach to them. But we're really working at being open to not attaching because they're not facts. They're just mental events passing by. Well, our last practice was the body scan. And you indicated that this is an especially important practice, which I agree, mm -hmm. because we're really getting acquainted with our physical selves, one body part at a time. Yes. You know, and, and in the practice, we're building our capacity for mindful concentration, that sustained awareness, we're learning to read and understand the messages of the body. And this is incredibly important, learning the messages of the body and how intimately they're tied to the mind's reactivity. So, you know, as we said last time, the body often is the early warning system that sends us the alerts regarding emotional states, our mood states, whether it's happiness, anxiety, stress, you know, anything that shows up will show up in the body as well. I really enjoy the body scan now, but, you know, in the beginning, I have to admit, uh, not so much, you know, I, I was first learned when I was first learning it, uh, I'll tell you why I, I thought I was going, well, let me explain it this way. I was doing it incorrectly because it seemed so difficult for me and my mind was just wandering constantly. It was, it was just crazy. I just couldn't keep my mind from wandering. Well, you know, this is quite common, Anna, you know, and I always make a point to let people know that there's no real connection between how much you enjoy or feel comfortable with the body scan and its long-term effects. You know, it takes time for the mind to reconnect with the body. You know, we've been disconnected from our physical selves sometimes for years, and the conditioning of neglect can often make it feel like we're going back to the gym following years of no exercise. So here we are, we're heading back to the gym, we're beginning to exercise that mindful muscle, and the key is welcome whatever shows up, the frustration, the tension, the boredom, a flurry of criticism, you know, welcome whatever arises, you know, everything that shows up, 
is providing something akin to the resistance training that helps build the mindful awareness skills. So what we want is one of those lovely bring it on attitudes. Bring it on. Okay, bring it on, Dr. Jane. (laughs) (laughs) So we're reconnecting the body and the mind by scanning the whole body and staying with whatever shows up. And I guess that would be whether it's uncomfortable or comfortable, correct? That's right. That's right. That's right. And doing practice with as much kindness and curiosity as possible. You know, if it becomes just another task and we're kind of like, Harumph, you know, I got to do my, I do my practice, you know, we won't gain much, you know, at each region of the body, we're noticing sensations, not just thinking about or imagining that part of the body or that region of the body. You know, we can't make sensations happen. It just doesn't work that way. And sometimes nothing shows up. So, you know, notice that nothing is showing up and just linger for a moment and then gently and kindly move to the next region of the scan. You know, we're welcoming everything that arises just as we find it. This isn't about fixing anything or making anything happen, Anna. We can't just make it happen. That's for sure. We can only show up and be with what actually happens as it's happening. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're showing up with our intention and our attention. First to our breath and then to the various regions of the body. You know, we're noticing the sensations in the body as we scan it. And we also are aware of the thoughts that are passing through. And also what happens if we engage in the thought stream or if we merely acknowledge the thoughts and maintain our focus focus on the scan. So the autopilot thinking, you know, it's in perpetual motion, Anna. It's always there. And the other vital important or vital component of the practice is that we're cultivating that observer self part of our consciousness. This is that watcher, the witness that's observing the body-mind interaction in a very, very neutral, informative way. So we're aware of the thoughts and we're not engaging. We're aware of the interactions between the mind's reactivity and the signals of the body, and yet we're not engaging. And this begins to establish a direct experience with the body as a vessel of awareness. So our body really becomes that focal point of letting us know what's happening in the moment. Dr. Jane, it all seems like learning a foreign language in the beginning, and it's a whole new way of operating in our everyday lives. Oh, for sure, Anna. You know, as we practice it, It becomes more familiar. And before too long, if we stay with it, the old ways of operating, you know, are really replaced by this new awareness because we're changing our relationship to ourselves, you know, to others, and also to the world. We're making conscious choices, you know, as life moves along in these practices. uh, We're making the conscious choices to engage or not engage. And when we make the conscious choices, we're rewiring the neural networks of the brain. So this is a this is a long ter- this has a long term implication. So how does all this unfold? Well, the increased time that we experience present moment awareness opens a multitude of doors. You know, to begin with, um, this new awareness we're we're going to begin to see 
the repetitive stories that we create from our autopilot thinking. You know, I, I call these my mini series, you know, and, and we're able to see not only the autopilot thinking, but the beliefs that support the stories. You know, we also are creating opportunities to explore our beliefs and inquire into their relevance. You know, and sometimes we're really called to challenge our beliefs. We also can begin to recognize that space between the stimulus and the response and how conscious choice then becomes a direct experience. It's like there's a pause there where we know that we can make a different choice. Um, It also increases our capacity to concentrate on a focal point, on one thing at a time without any judgment or criticism, which has an implication in many different areas of our lives. And we're befriending the body as we attune to the sensations that arise. You know, we're, we're really opening up and being more available to our physical selves. And the other piece that I find so interesting is we're activating and energizing a part of the midbrain called the insula. And this heightens our human connection and really provides in its activation access to empathy and compassion, including self-compassion, which is so incredibly important for our health and wholeness. You know, and we can, we really can begin to connect with an inner way of knowing our wisdom, our intuition, and hopefully this will guide us in everyday life through good times, but also through difficult waters. You know, and this is just a, just a sampling of some of the long-term benefits, you know, that, that really are are possible in this practice if the practice is is maintained and we're consistent with it. Well, that's a pretty impressive list of benefits, that's for sure. Um, So where do we go to next? Well, you know, Anna, at this point, you know, I'm convinced that we don't move on to another aspect, you know, as we're exploring the dimensions of um, emotions, that we really stay with the body-mind practices and broaden the scope of our sensory awareness because we've just opened it up. So it's like, let's, let's linger there a bit longer. You know, we can continue the body scan on a daily basis. In between times, you know, I think it's important to expand our awareness to any movement that we are involved with during the day, whether that be climbing the stairs, carrying the groceries in, you know, putting the groceries away, taking a walk, any movement activities in our daily routine. You know, we're moving our intention and our attention to the present moment awareness of, pardon me, everything we do. And we always begin with focusing on the breath and expanding to include the rest of the body. You know, exploring the sensations one region at a time during the movement of the activity and just staying with that, just being very conscious of the movement. Dr. Jane, let's go through an example of an activity, you know, something simple. How about like walking on a flat surface? Great. Great. Well, first of all, you know, in doing this, because it's going to take a little time, it's a good idea, Mm -hmm. you know, that as we get acquainted with the moving practice, like a walking practice, that we give ourselves a little more time to deliberate, you know, so that we can have slow movement to really tune into it. And this is so important to allow ourselves to have the sensory experience. So then we want to consider our intention. Our intention is to be in present moment awareness and to bring our attention, which is our concentration, 
you know, to the physical sensations of the body. So as we begin, we bring our attention to the breath, as always, and just let the breath be exactly where we find it. So we're noticing the in-breath, as you recall. We're noticing the out-breath, you know, entering and leaving the body. And then we notice the body's response to the breath. It might be, you know, something very gentle like the rise and fall of the chest and abdomen. Just kind of noticing that. There might be certain features around the face that shift ever so slightly. And then before beginning the actual movement, allowing ourselves just to briefly scan the body, you know, feeling our our feet securely on the ground, the steadiness of our stance, you know, the straightness of our postures, you know, and we want to begin with our breath, you know, kind of breathing in to the raising of the leg for the first step. Just kind of let our breath and the movement kind of join. So we're breathing into the movement as we raise the leg. And we want to notice the sensations of our foot, from our foot to our hips, right? As we take the step. And then followed by the sensations on the bottom of our foot, the ball of the foot, the heel of the foot, touching into the step. So we want to notice then the transfer of weight to the other leg as it raises for the next step. Again, noticing the sensations and the movement from the hip, from the foot to the hip, and then the sensations of the placement of the foot. And we're going to repeat this, you know, one step at a time, initially doing it very slowly and deliberately. And eventually, you know, we might want to add movement of the arms once we feel more at ease with the legs and the feet. And eventually, tuning into the whole body experience, along with sights and sounds and smells during an actual walk. Well, it's so funny, because as you're describing that, I'm kind of visualizing, you know, doing these movements and, <laughs> and going through this list of instructions that you just gave us. And then what I noticed is that our thoughts will probably start to arise, right? Yes. And move our attention back to our step. Absolutely, Anna. You know, and there there will be lots and lots of commentary. You know, am I doing this right? Is this too slow? Oh my gosh, this is so boring. Let's speed this up. You know, there's often a great deal of judging and comparing with the body scan and movement practices. It just kind of goes with the territory. You know, and, and these are part of that autopilot thinking. You know, and the autopilot thinking is quick to spin a story and it's usually critical of the way we are and it wants things to be different, wants things to be different now. Um, So we might also notice that the thoughts constantly reference the past and the future, you know, avoiding the window of now. You know, and sometimes it shows up as thinking about a body part or a segment of the movement rather than actually feeling the sensations, sensing into the sensations and having that direct experience, you know, or sometimes we don't feel any sensations at all. You know, and in that case, you know, what we do is just notice the sensations are absent and move to the next part of the practice. You know, and sometimes this can be a point of negativity and we want to push through and make something happen. So we really have to be aware of that as well, that wanting to push. You know, this is often referred to um, as the doing mode, you know, and it can include striving or that, that exertion, that efforting rather than being present 
with what's happening and what's arising, you know, and it shows up in a myriad of ways, you know, always pulling us from present moment awareness, you know, and, and quickly, very quickly transporting us to some memory or story with the accompanying reactivity, kind of wanting things to be different or remembering when things were different, the likes of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this doing mode can really, it can really sneak up on me and I can really, you know, get into the sensing and the next minute I'm analyzing some weird idea that isn't even relevant to the practice. Well, and Anna, that's exactly how it works. And when we notice our attention has drifted, we just really take a moment, acknowledge it, and we move back to our breath in the body or whatever segment of the body, you know, our movement that we're in, you know, and this is the practice, which is not to stay perfectly on the sequence, it's to maintain our intention and our attention on the practice. And when we veer off to gently notice where our attention has been diverted and very gently and kindly bring it back to wherever we are in the sequence of the practice. And we do this again and again. And eventually, we become very adept at catching that wandering mind. Mm, Yes, and yet we never really stop the mind from its shenanigans, do we? Uh, No. (laughs) That's That's the reality of it. But we are becoming increasingly familiar with the patterns of our thinking. And this is what we're after. You know, on our quest to live more consistently from the best version of ourselves, we want to become familiar with all the patterns that keep us on a positive track and also those that derail us. So this requires that we kind of tune into all the nuances of the thought stream, you know, how they play into body sensations and feelings, all of our reactivity. You know, we'll we'll be talking more about this, you know, in future conversations, you know, but For now, we're building our intention and our attention skills, and this offers us access to present moment awareness and that observer self. And this is what is providing us information regarding what's arising, what's coming up for us, without any judgment or criticism, just seeing it for what it is. You know, and remember, we're, we're also tracking the dimensions of emotion. So our thoughts and our feelings and our body sensations and all the impulses that go along with it and, and how they play out in daily life. You know, and lastly, you know, we're seeking to become more adept at recognizing what is occurring as it is occurring and beginning to recognize that our thoughts really aren't who we are, you know, and they're not facts. They're mental events that are passing through our conscious minds. Wow. Mental events that are passing through our conscious minds. That's That's pretty much it for sure. Dr. Jane, let's run through the practices for the week. I know that you mentioned to stay with a body scan on a daily basis. What else would you like us to do? Well, yes, you know, the daily body scan. And I think in addition, I, I want to suggest that we look for opportunities to expand on the body scan experience. So this would include any physical activity given the, the, um, given that the, whatever we choose, you know, we really want to move into the intention of bringing present moment awareness to what the activity is and moving our attention to the sensory experience as we go through it. So it might be the walk that we described, you know, that slow, deliberate walk, step-by-step sensing into um, 
every body part that is involved in the, in the movement. Yoga stretch, uh, stretches are a marvelous opportunity for present moment awareness, you know, noticing our edge and never pushing through that edge. You know, we could also try scanning the body as we wait in line or when we're on hold, you know, rather than that restless, you know, kind of a mumbling in our, in our heads, you know, just to allow ourselves that moment to scan Mm -hmm. or to be fully present to the, the sensory experience, you know, as we're preparing food, Um, cutting that onion, washing that dish, you know, stirring the soup. The other piece is mindful eating. You know, it's another terrific opportunity for present moment awareness and the sensory experience that goes along with it. You know, are bringing our attention to our self-care, whether it's brushing our teeth, shampooing our hair, trimming our nails. It can be any, any of those mundane kind of activities. The key is noticing how the activity makes us feel. You know, giving ourselves a few moments to reflect, you know, what are the body sensations? You know, what are the patterns of thoughts that continue to pull me away from this experience? You know, am I striving? Am I trying to get through this? You know, am I critical of myself? These are the pieces that arise possibly that we want to tune into. These are some wonderful, easy suggestions. And what about the question for the week? Well, I'd like to pose a two-part question, Anna. The first part would be, you know, am I open or am I resistant to experiences of befriending my body? And the second part of it is, what does it mean to me to be a friend to my body? Well, two great questions, Dr. Jane. Thank you. Until our next conversation. Thank you, Mom.